You alright? My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism, the way my head works, and I stick the videos on the internet in case you want to give them a watch. And I hope you're all doing alright. I mean that, every time I say that, I genuinely mean it because I don't see why we need to have bad in the world. Um, I've got a bit of a serious topic that I want to talk about. Like the actual topic of this video, um, when it's too late. Um, and I will get to it. I'm going to do my waffle first about my boring, general, nonsensical life. Um, but I want to tell you the reason I want to talk about it first and what it actually means before I get into that. Because it is serious. Um, so I've received emails, you know, from starting the channel till now off a range of people who have autism, who are autistic, whatever way around you want to say it, it comes to the same conclusion. And some people are my age, older, and they've gone through life and done life the way society expects you to do life. And now they're sat in a one-bedroom apartment where all their money leaves their account to pay for the family they had that they no longer get to see. Uh, some people have got no friends anymore, no family anymore, and it's too late because they were not given an autism diagnosis sooner because they might never have known. Like me, I never knew what autism was. And there's been enough people who've emailed where they've been in that position. And obviously there'll be no names. Do not worry. If you're one of those people who've emailed, I'm not talking directly about you, okay? I'm talking in general because I can't, talk about things I know nothing about. You know, that's something I won't do. Um, so I can't tell you if it's harder for a female with autism than a male with autism. I can't tell you that because I can only give you one side. But what I can do is connect. I can understand. And um, the reason I want to talk about it, and this is not a joke, the reason I want to talk about it is because I was on Instagram, you know, just scrolling through and seeing what nonsense was on there. And there was a video of this guy and he said, do you eat your chicken this way? If so, you might be autistic. And I didn't watch the rest for obvious reasons. And I just got really, I've told you, I don't get bothered by the naysayers, the people who pick on me, the people who tell me that I'm rubbish, the people who say I don't know what I'm talking about, the people who say I'm not autistic because I present a certain way. None of that bothers me. None of that affects me at all because it's keyboard warriors and I'm of an age where that's not relevant. But when I watch things like that, they get to me because, you know, there's that thing at the minute, you know, is self-diagnosis valid? Is it not valid? Is it accurate? Is it not accurate? Do we accept it? Do we not accept it? And whichever side you're on is the side you're allowed to be on. You know, as long as you don't purposely go out of your way to hate on people, you're allowed opinions. You really are. But if somebody's watching that video and that's their level of self-diagnosis is going, yeah, I eat my chicken that way, I must be autistic, then that winds me up because that's not autism. 
you, you can't determine autism by eating chicken. You can't determine autism in mice either because you cannot diagnose a mouse, with, a mouse with autism. You've got to speak to people. You've got to learn the person. A mouse displaying characteristics because it doesn't want to hang around with other mice does not make a mouse autistic. So every time you see a bit of research to do with mice and autism, please discount it. It's ridiculous. But I just thought there are people talking about crap People talking about utter nonsense, and it's allowed on the internet. You know, and there's a lot of people out there, I've told you before, where they hit very, very, very surface-level autistic things. They talk about very, artist, uh, very simplistic surface-level autism. Five signs you could be autistic, and it'll always be the same ones. Avoid eye contact, limited palate, you know, doesn't want to socialize, has routines, gets very upset when the routines are disturbed. It's just the same old, same old. And I apologize, I've probably done videos like that too, but I'd like to think this is where I earn my worth. Not that I get paid, but this is where I, you know, try and get a bit of value in, in doing what I do. And that's when I actually pay attention and I actually look and I actually listen and I actually care by talking about what I want to talk about. And I'll, you know what, I'll get a load of it wrong. I really will. I will miss the mark a thousand times, but at least I'm Big enough and ugly enough to put my face out there and try and talk about it. But let's move on. So I'll just give you the quickest update of my nonsense of what's going on. Um, I went to an optician's because uh, my eyesight is deteriorating. It happens as you get older. Just letting you young folks with perfect vision know this. Um, I've got a mole on the back of my eye. How weird's that? And I just said to her, I said, is that dangerous? Am I going to have to have my eyeball taken out and wear a patch for the rest of my days? like a pirate. And she was like, no, no, uh, it's just like a mole on your skin. We just have to keep an eye on it. And I burst out laughing because it was a really crap joke about an eye opticians. Uh, and she didn't get her own joke. And she was an optometrist. And I just thought, this world is falling to pieces if we can't find that. Um, but yeah, a mole on the back of my eye. I've, I mean, I know I'm weird anyway, but that's weird. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. If, I, if there's ever a clone of me or someone tries to replicate me and you don't know who is who, get them to do a, an, opt, op, an optometrist check and go, has he got a mole on the back of his eye? And uh, you'll find the real me. <laughs> I just thought it was really bizarre. Um, so I thought I'd share it. But um, what was funny is it was coming to the end of the eye exam and like they, they then obviously go, oh, your prescription has changed. Let, you know, you will need new glasses. Let's take you to the glasses for you to look at them. So many crap jokes in an optometrist. And they take you to the expensive ones. And it's like, have you seen me? Do I look like I'm an expensive kind of guy? You know, I break everything I touch. And, you know, I just walked straight past where he stopped and went straight to a, like 15 pounds. Like there's a pair of glasses for 15 pounds. I went, I want them times three. I'll keep a set in me in my car, I'll keep a set in my work bag, and I'll just float a set around the house. I break things. Why would I want to pay £150 for one pair when I can spend £45 and get three? I don't know, maybe that's just me, but uh, you know, what like when I go to I'm I'm obviously not someone who cares about that too much. I care that I can see, but I mean I don't care how I present, like I don't need Armani written on the side of my glasses. Other Companies are available. 
You know, like when I go into hairdressers and he goes, what do you want? I just go, make it shorter and neater. I don't even know what to ask for. You know what I mean? I just go, yeah, not on the back and sides. Take it as high as you can and then just make the top, like, not look stupid. Um, and the beard, just get all the weight out of the sides and on the bottom. And then they're like, right, time to wash your hair. I'm like, don't want my hair washed. Do you want any product? There's no point. I've got three hairs left on the top of my head. You know. Uh, but anyway, I'm just going off on tangents. Uh, work's all right. It's just crazy busy. And I, I mean, I've been involved in this project for a long time. And now one of the directors who've been working alongside has nominated me for an award. Now, usually that'd be cause for celebration just to get that recognition. But the award bit puts me off a bit. You know, like I work in a company where there's 14,000 other employees. And if I win, then out of all the people who've been nominated for the award, it'll be me. It'll be my face on the internet. It'll be me who has to probably attend somewhere and collect it. And you get a small financial incentive to say thank you, but that gets taxed as well. You know, and the problem is I sound really ungrateful. But all that would have been fine with me is if the director would have just gone, Thank you, Paul. I do appreciate all your hard work and your help on this. I'd have been like, oh, thanks for the recognition. Not out loud because I'm not a glory hound, but that would have felt nice. But now because it's gone too far and it now becomes public, it's put me on edge a bit. You know, And I, I do appreciate everything everybody's saying about me. It's just I feel it's very unjustified and things could still go wrong, you know, we'll wait until it's all done, wait until I've caught all the errors and caught all the snags and I've monitored and I've broke it and I've fixed it again. And I don't know, now it's public, it's just set me off a bit. I'm a bit fearful. Um, but that's just me and my autism, my friends. But anyway, let's drag it back um, to, to the topic because I do want to try and put time in it. I'm just very concerned how it'll come out because I uh, I know I'll get it wrong and I don't want to do these people who've emailed a disservice um, because, you know, it's their life I'm essentially talking about. But I also want to talk about it because there might be some autistic parents who raise their kids a certain way to believe certain things. And I strongly believe that's the problem. All right. So I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong if you are a parent with young kids, but uh, please just hear me out. Okay, so um, what I'm essentially talking about when I'm talking about when it's too late is there might be a person, someone like me, for example, who blends in in society. In other words, masks very well. You know, we can go out, we can work, we still get absolutely, you know, drilled down by it and we can fake socialization if we're, even if we're not enjoying it and you know, we take part in things we might not want to take part in, but it's all just to save face and carry on, to not stand out, to not be weird, to not be overlooked. We always try and keep one step in just to remain relevant to what's going on because we feel if we step back, we'll fall behind, you know? I don't mean like academically, I just mean it puts us more in a, more in, an, in, a, in, a, in a sense of we will get noticed for what we're not doing rather than being noticed for what we are doing, you know. And when you're younger and people get married, 
you know, and have kids and it follows a societal norm and a societal expectation. When you don't do it, whether you're autistic or not, it gets noticed. You know, I didn't get married. I didn't have children. I did a video on why I didn't have children and I'll do a video on why I didn't get married. You know, and some people just stand out when you don't do those things. You know, I've had people say to me, because I've not had children, that I will regret that. And I just think, no, no, you would regret that if you didn't have your children. Please don't speak for me. You don't spend every second of every day dissecting your design to figure out why you're made the way you are and can you do anything better tomorrow. That's what I do. I know me. I know why I don't do things. And instead of just saying, Paul, you'll regret not having kids, how about sitting down with me and going, you never wanted kids. That's really interesting. That's nothing like me. How about you share and you tell me why so I can learn, I can attempt to understand. But people don't. They just dive on you and judge you like you're wrong for not doing what they do. Just a poor design of being human, that I think. But uh, when you don't do certain things, you do stand out. Family will say to you, why are you not doing this? Why haven't you done that? When are you going to do this? When are you going to start having kids? When are you going to, when are you going to get married? When are you going to meet someone and settle down? And It makes you stand out. Some people already know they're different from an early age. They already do. And yet they force themselves into societal norms and they will meet somebody. They will get married. They will have children. They'll get a house. They'll go on the holidays. They'll do the school runs. They'll live a life that is not their design. And the problem is when you follow a path that wasn't yours, when you try to fit in and it's not easy to do, there's a finite time on that. That is not something you can ride out forever. You know, I worked doing bar work when I was younger and one day I just walked into work. I didn't even know that I, that I felt this way and I get to the door to walk on the bar and I just could not deal with the public anymore. I just couldn't. So I then offered to wash the pots, you know, the, the glasses, because the uh, glass, wa glass wash machine had broken. Do you know how it broke? Because I disconnected something on it to make sure that all the glasses had to be washed by hand. And no one else wanted to do that. But I created a task for me because I just could not get back on that bar ever again. We have a finite design to fake and force. This is why on a weekend... I shut that door and no one sees me until Monday morning because I have to recharge. I cannot fake anymore. I have faked enough all week. And I can't do it. There is nothing left in me to fake. So it doesn't matter how great somebody is, how great the idea, the scenario, the reason they want to meet on a weekend. I can't do it because I need to recharge. And then people are like, oh, well, that's the only time I get. That's free. That's mine. It's like, well, then unfortunately we can't meet. We can't do something because I cannot give that time up. I give a fake version of me to everyone so everyone can just carry on. 
and it takes its toll. It's finite. We need to recharge. And, you know, the more people go down these paths of marriage, kids, you know, doing these events, taking the kids to football practice, to, you know, taking them to a kid's party and there's a bouncy castle and there's other parents talking to them. You know, I, I, I could not do that. You know, hats off to those who do. But what ultimately ends up happening is for some of these people, it comes to an end and they can't do it anymore. And they need to walk away or the house gets that toxic, they're told to leave. And then what happens down the line is because this person has changed to other people, that person changed, and that's why the family broke down. It's why they, you know, they, they were the one who were the problem. They're the, they're the fault. And then they might be sat in a one-bedroom flat somewhere where every penny of their wage is going to support some of a mortgage for a house they don't live in no more, to pay for kids they don't get to see no more, while their ex-partner is being very toxic about their name. Then, oh, well, he changed. He, all of a sudden, he stopped doing this and he stopped doing that and he wouldn't go here, he wouldn't do that, and it was having an impact and blah, blah, blah. And I think of that person because, you know, everybody has heard of, say, there might be a man and a woman married and they have been married for 20 plus years and then all of a sudden the man turns out to be gay and it happened with Michael Barrymore it's happened with Philip Schofield you know these they're just people on English TV um, for those who don't know them you know they were married forever and then oh by the way I'm now gay but they seem to transition well out of their marriages whereas when we've been doing something that's not of our design, we get ostracized for it. And the thing is, we might not know we're autistic at that point. And that's where we've become so ground down, so beaten, lived a life that's not ours to live. And people, people don't just leave because they've had a bad day. People leave because they can not do it anymore. They cannot. It's not that it's bad for their mental health. They can't do it anymore. Imagine being at that point. You've tried as hard as you can to maintain the status quo, to just allow yourself to continue in, you know, and don't get me wrong, you'll have some good times and fun times, and but you can't do this, this generality to it, the social aspect of it, the parents coming around every Friday or Saturday, the kids' parties, you know, and... We carry such a guilt, autistic people, especially of my design, we carry a guilt that is unfair because it's not commensurate with what we feel guilty over and it will bury us. Nobody can make us feel as bad as we can make ourselves feel. And then the person after leaving a family, after being strained with their ex-partner, being strained with a relationship for the children. They might not be allowed to see their children because they might have a spiteful partner, ex-partner. And they end up at a doctor's because they're so low on their mental health. And then only in an appointment might they say, have you ever thought you might be autistic? And then they follow that route down and it turns out they are. 
but then it's mocked. It's teased. It's, I always knew you were weird. You get them horrible answers, which make me want to throw people out of windows. I don't, just so you know, because not because I don't want to. It's because windows are, you know, quite thick these days. But it doesn't get us a, oh, okay, look, what happened happened. I get it. But now I know there's a reason things start to make a lot more sense. You don't. You get mocked for it. But what doesn't change is this person led a life that wasn't for them, but they try to fit in for the right reasons. And all they end up for trying to do the right thing is on the outcast of society with no one around them standing out. The one thing they always tried to avoid was to live a life that wasn't in the design. You know, like I say, people get divorced, they have the strained relationships and they don't get to see their children. And because they're the ones who are told to leave or told to, you know, get away or, you know, they're not the one who gets the children. And what will happen basically is the kids will have poison poured in their ears as well from the people going, oh, your dad's a weirdo. You know, all of a sudden he changed. He didn't want to know you anymore. He'd, you know, I, I just, I hate when parents use their emotions to control where the kids see their, their parents. I hate it. But, you know, we feel the guilt. People have told me they feel the guilt for walking away. And that's one great thing about autistic people. When we open up, we will, we will share the world. And these people in emails have told me everything of how they feel, the guilt they have, the, the guilt of not being the design that they should be and how it makes them feel. You know, and what's crazy is when I say, you know, what were you looking for? What is it that made you go down these paths in the first place? If you didn't think it was for you or you didn't feel comfortable doing it, why did you do it? And the answer is generally the same, and that is it was to fit in. It was for acceptance. I wasn't accepted by my parents. You could feel that I wasn't the kid that had the most love in the house. I always had a favorite brother or a favorite sister. You know, I was the one who had to do all the chores. I was the one who had to do the tasks. And I just think if somebody wanted to be accepted, it just proves, doesn't it? The world isn't ready for autistic people. <laughs> It's not ready for us to be of our design. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so hard for us to just try to get on with it. You know, when you look at relationships, for example, like I know, but I know now as an adult that normal conventional relationships are just not my design. But yet people enter them without knowing what is their design and what sort of relationship they would do. And if I was to tell you, you know, if I was to enter that sort of dating game again, you know, at whatever stage in my life. And I was brutally honest. I'd be saying things like, right, don't ever want to live with anyone. Don't ever want to get married. Um, I can't give you my weekends because I need them to recharge. I will never do events with you. I'm never spending Christmas with you. I'm never going to go on holiday with you because that takes me away from my um, the things that I feel I need and things I have to have around me. So long story short, I can probably see you once a quarter for three hours and no overnights because I don't know why we've got to sleep next to each other when we're unconscious. I might as well be on the moon. Why do we need to be next to you? You're just going to take up bed space? No. How many people are going to fill my inbox up? 
Nobody. I'll probably get reported because people think it's a wind-up and people would be saying, well, what are you even on here for if you're not looking for a relationship? And it's like, but I, but I am. That's, that is my version of a relationship. And then it's just kind of like finding the needle in the haystack that would line up with that too. You know, so some of us are just not designed to do them. We need far too much freedom, no shackles, to be able to feel like we can feel. And I think it's because a big part of it is, especially for me, I'm so fake all day, every day for everyone else that I just want a bit of freedom. You know, I don't want to then put myself into something in my free time where I've then got to carry on being fake. But again, people don't realize until it's too late. So we have this group of people it is too late for. The damage is done. And where's the support? Nowhere. And what what do they have? They have an autism diagnosis. But like I said, the paying for a house they don't live in to support children they're not allowed to see, the friends or f- joint friends they might have had will take the side of the person who complains the loudest. Because the person who complains, the person who is left on the other side, if they were respectful, if they cared, if they shown love, if they were supportive of us, these people would never have left, but these people were taken for granted and it became an expectation on what they offered. And when it's not of your design and you also get zero benefit as well, it's going to force you to break. And then these people get annoyed because they lose what became an expectation for them. And then they will badmouth you to your children, to your friends, to your family, to anyone who listen while you're feeling the guilt so you stay quiet and you stay sat in your one bedroom flat somewhere. That's not fair. And don't get me wrong, it's not fair that they might have entered a relationship in the first place, got married, had children, and kind of led someone on in a way. But guess what? They would still have loved you. They still love their kids. They just needed a design that's not a given, that's not a societal norm and expectation. You know, and these people, you have to forgive yourself. And the reason you have to forgive yourself is because of what we are told when we're younger, which brings me straight back to the beginning, where I said, it really matters how you raise your children. If you're raising your children to believe that they should be, you know, doing the the path of life where you go to school, you go to college, you go to uni, you meet a partner in uni, you become engaged, you get a house, you get married, you have a child in the first year, you have another child in the next couple of years, and that'll be a different sex to the first child you had. All your friends did exactly the same. All your kids are born at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just a snooze fest, that for me. I That is not my design. But you know whose design it is? Nearly everybody else's. And it's unfair that it's ever put into a child that that's kind of what you should be doing. You know, oh, don't forget to bring me home some grandbabies, <laughs> is what some parents might say. You know, it's a very important thing that whether your child is autistic or not, you raise them with the belief that they can do whatever they want, so long as it's legal, consensual, and it brings them happiness. And it's not to the detriment of others. You focus on that, not earn this money, get this job, find this partner, have this house, have this many kids. Because the thing is with some autistic people, me included, we're like a sponge. Especially when we're kids, we're told what to do and we just want to do it. And that's life. Some people just want to be told what to do so they can do it. 
because sometimes it's easier if other people think for us because we're constantly thinking for us and we need a break. And we want to know what makes you happy, what makes you work, how we can just get on with it. So we give ourselves to other people and say, just take care of it. What do you need me to do? I'll just fall into place. And then all them years later when we need a little bit back and it might just be space, it might be a man cave, it might be a weekend away by yourself, it might be an overnight in a hotel by yourself. It could be anything and they don't feel they can ask for it or they do ask for it and then it's you've changed and it creates this snowball effect where it results in the autistic person later diagnosed and they're diagnosed after the damage is done. Where's the help? There isn't. It's just all these idiots running research on mice who can't be deemed autistic. That's where my heart goes. That's why I'm passionate. That's why I care. That's why I do these. Because if I find a topic like this one, I want to raise attention to it. I'll have missed the mark a thousand times and I'll have forgotten to say a million things too. But I've scratched the surface on it. And I just wanted to raise that there are these types of people out there who are autistic, who've been forgotten about. But I haven't forgotten you. Anyway, I'm going to go. So thank you very much for watching. And until next time, my friends, keep smiling.